All right, welcome to another episode of the Lookout Podcast. We'll get my stuff together here. Second podcast in the river cabin from the Smithless trip. That's a <laughs> kind of nickname right now, Smithless, because it was originally planned, as you may have heard from the last podcast, this trip was originally planned to go to the Smith River in Montana, kind of near White Sulphur. Drew the permit, lucky enough, but unluckily, unluckily, uh, it dried up. Bit of a drought out in that country. But currently, my guest today is Greg Shank, longtime friend. Thank you. Thank you for doing this, Greg. Yeah, man, this is great. I um, never thought we'd be podcasting together. I never I thought know. you'd even start a podcast. I know, man. Yeah, Here we are. Yeah, kind of like blue. It's where our life kind of works, man. Like, yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of just start off as like fire stories. You know, like that's kind of the birthplace of this thing. It's just folks you know that we knew i mean kind of like us growing up in in like small towns and then just all the other different walks of life that come into the fire world you know and i was like man everyone's got kind of cool stories you know like to get get down on podcast and show show kind of what we talk about on the fire line or just out there you know patrolling in an engine some days you know yeah man i mean there's there's a lot of adventure to be had with fire um i think a lot of people join it because it is romantic you know and um when i first started it was just like I had no freaking clue what I was doing. Um, I was I've reflected back on that a lot, and like my time in, like, like I'm on my 20th season, dude. And like that is wild, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot to unpack there, but um, yeah, just to have a uh, I had a, a district ranger who was my neighbor that I grew up with who taught me like er- anything and all things like how to hunt, pretty much. Oh, really? Yeah, That's like big cool, boy man. stuff, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. backpacking kind of stuff, and then. Um, during that time, um, I was getting old enough. I was, it was to my junior and senior year, but I was getting old enough, um, to where I was 18. I could join the force service. You know, he's like, have you ever thought about force service? I was like, I have no clue what you're talking about right now. Yeah. All I know is that, uh, um, what he was doing and it was just outdoors and that's all I wanted. So, um, and here we are, you know, like Absolutely, fast man. forward 20 years and, um, it goes in a blink of an eye, but yeah. during that time, man, I think, yeah, there's a lot of good stories. I mean, just talking to you and, and BK, you know, it's like, you guys do, have done some crazy stuff, you know, and, yeah, and um, it's cool, man. You know, it's romantic. Yeah, it really is, man. I mean, that's why this, you know, like lookouts, you know, like lookout podcasts, like there's a lot of like books and, and just like people living these cool lives out in the middle of nowhere on top of a mountaintop, you know, yeah. like going to Bob Marshall and all these lookouts, you know, and like yeah. now I'm on Instagram and I'm friends with all these lookouts. I'm like, man like yeah. just a different side of things man like i've spent some time on lookout but not like a whole season you know yeah so it's it's cool man and like i did not know your uh district ranger i think you may have told me that but i didn't know it was your neighbor i guess yeah yeah i grew up with him uh him well not just him but uh he was like a block away and yeah. he had like three boys um all just great great humans and yeah. um Spent a lot of time with him, and, and he would he'd wake me up at four in the morning, you really? know, and and to go hunt, you know. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And uh, and he taught he taught me a lot, man. And awesome. uh, he's been retired for another oh maybe 10, 15 years now, ten years, but um, just like the hard hard, like the Grant Godbolts, yeah, kinda like district rangers, just hard dudes, man. Yeah. Oh and, my god. Um, and uh, yeah, even in his fifties and sixties, he's still getting after it and hunting. You yeah. Know? Like Grant, when I was you know in Whitehall. And such a humble dude. No idea he smoked jumped. You know, like back in the day when like those parachutes were pretty rough, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you were hitting the ground pretty hard. You know, and your opening shock, and depending on when he was jumping, was pretty hard. You know, like yeah. it was like not as fun. I would say, like I mean, fun still, but different beast. And like, like you said, working in his fifties, you ended up retiring out of 
range, right? Wasn't it? He got yeah. Into range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was yep. a district ranger. Got into range, and like I remember, there's like what was looking like to me a water dog, but I was pretty new, and we were on a fire, so I get it. Like they were gonna go check it out, but I mean, he hiked up some new folks. Luckily, not me. But like yeah. up this hill, where these you know young in shape folks were like having a hard time keeping up, man. And yeah. this guy's in his fifties. It's like that. That was kind of like what I wanted to be after seeing that too. I was like, I wasn't you know like part of my lazy side was kind of like, oh man, glad I'm not there. But also part of me was like. That's really cool, you know, yeah. like to be in that long of a career and still hiking, chasing a smoke, a possible smoke, end up being a water dog. But it's like yeah. a lot of lightning hit that area, man. So he didn't want to leave any rock unturned. And maybe he's giving some folks a PT hike. I mean, who knows, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Grant's solid, man. And uh, I don't know, man, I've, I've, I've um, being on this trip and I've talked to you and, and BK and, and Carl uh, Bronson's dad. Yeah. I was like, this is the first time in 20 summers where I've taken like, I've taken short trips, you know, three, four days, but like yeah. to actually take extended time off, like five, seven days yeah. in the middle of summer. I've never done that ever. So I'm just like, holy heck, man, this is, this is great. And yeah. I think it's, um, I think it's important to do that, you know? Yeah. Having a chance to get out and actually like enjoy the state we live in, you know, Montana and like not just like be out in the woods fighting fire and enjoying it, which, you know, has its upsides. I mean, I've been to a lot of places I've never would have gone to, you know, and typically out of state. But to be able to do it, you know, like enjoy a summer now, you know, on the river is it's amazing, man. So yeah. this trip is hopefully like like we were talking like in the last podcast and we talked about even on this trip is like hopefully this is like kind of a, a push to, to keep us doing these kind of things and taking time, man, like people don't understand like it's a short season fire season but it takes up your entire life for that mm-hmm. season you know you don't get to i mean most people because you're so whooped you don't want to go out and like spend your two yeah. r&r days now three thank god uh doing anything like in the woods or outside like i want to be inside with air conditioning in a bed you know yeah. <laughs> like typically especially of a busy season you know yeah. well it takes its toll man you know mm-hmm. and i uh yeah last year last year was super long and um after the season was over um gave me some time to really kind of think about like is this really worth it one the job and two is the money worth it you know yeah and you start knocking on a thousand to thirteen hundred hours of overtime and um that's not some sort of weird flex man i was making a push pretty hard to see how hard i could go and i was just and there was a lot of people that were asking for help man and i was yeah. kind of super busy but after, last season yeah dude and after going through all that man and like through the winter it was rough I'll, yeah. I'll be honest with you you know and so um, and decompressing after a season too man that's, yeah, that's yeah. something I've, we've talked about at length the mental health of it you yes. know and and i think it's hopefully it seems like it's getting more traction in bigger circles about the mental health thing you know because like yeah. your brain has a weird time switching from like what i imagine is somewhat similar to like people serving overseas where it's like yeah. you have your mission your daily things you do every day and then all of a sudden it's just like like a switch it's yeah. over you yeah. know and like as a seasonal too like well even anybody like fire season ends it's like whew, yeah. all right you know time to maybe start doing the job that you know like that I, you know i've been putting off all summer you know like yeah. for me not not in fuels you know going out and doing some fuels work man getting some uh getting some areas you know surveyed and ready for you know contract work logging thinning burning whatever it might be you know yeah which i'm just guessing if that's the stuff i'll be doing. i think it will be yeah <laughs> it will be yeah. it will be that's what i figured man like you get on the fuel side of things too man like it's yeah. it's a good transition from fire you know like you still get the option to go on some fires and and uh you know Oh, and I also want to tag on, man, my brain's a little scattered right now, but mm-hmm. I want to tag on like what you said about like it being needed like last season. I mean, they're 
so thin on on overhead positions task force man like that yeah. like i did a little stint in dispatch last year towards the end of the season yeah. or middle to end of the season and uh man it was it was eye-opening to see like uh utf you know unable to fill uh so many you know in our back door you know like yeah. um lost lost trail fire lost yeah. trail, trail creek trail creek that's what i, was. I keep wanting to say lost trail because it's like right there at the yeah, ski hill yeah so I mean, that's that was a shared between our forests, you know, the Bitterroot and the Beaverhead Deer Lodge. And, I mean, two forests still trying to scramble for overhead positions, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was tough, man. Um, I think I might have had one qualified task force leader. <laughs> Jeez. Um, and I was on trail two stints on that. I was on the haystack. And, like, that whole time, like, UTFs, yeah. heavy equipment bosses, and, and uh, task force leaders, you know? So I don't know where – I don't know how – I don't know how that gap came to be. Um I do see a transition, you know, like with the 2000, 2001 fire hire, um, those folks are like, might have five to seven years left, um, to retire. And so there's a gap, there's a gap in there somewhere. I really can't put my finger on it. Um, I don't either, man, because we're getting more experiences like our generation getting out more, but it seems like the progression, you know, for quals is slow. You know, I don't know if that's some people's red card committees or just the opportunities to get out as those positions. Cause I think maybe sometimes it's like, I'm an engine boss, you know, so like, for example, me, like, they're like, well, they need a task force, but we also need an engine boss in the district. So it's like, we'd love to help you advance your career, but yeah. we also can't be thin because we, we need engine boss to bring the engine out on fires, you yeah. know? Yeah. So there's a huge need there. Yeah. See that for sure, man. So I'm, I mean, this is spitballing. So, you know, like yeah. possible things, you're just, you know, just kind of trying to see the holes and, and I know everyone else is seeing and talking about what we're talking about, but yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to you know, I mean, I've never been a hotshot. I think I, I filled on one, I filled on Lewis and Clark a number of years ago. Yeah, but, um, so you got a little taste. Yeah, you look at those guys and gals that do that for that long, for like a thousand to fifteen hundred hours of overtime, back to back to back to back. We're gonna have issues, you yeah. know, like, you know, in the brain, in the brain, you yeah. know, <laughs> like yeah, postseason, dude. Because um, seasonal depression is a, a serious thing, man. And yeah, I don't know if we need to talk about all the depression stuff, but. I mean, a little um, bit. Yeah. I mean, like, I've been wanting to bring it up and, and talk about it with some folks, you know, because like, we talk yeah. about it a lot, uh, even at the district, at, at the jump base, you know, all the places I've worked, it's come up and it's starting to come up more because yeah. what people don't get is that, and on the outside, I'm saying, like, people in the Forest Service and in the BLM and, and state and, and contracts, like, everybody who's in the, in the wildland kind of sees it, but mm-hmm. um, it's fire season is just a beast. And, and I guess the public sees it because they see it usually on the Weather Channel or news. You know, California's always burning up, houses threatening. It's like, yeah. That didn't happen when we were kids, you know? So yeah. it's like our generation is coming up in this wild, you know, wild, wild fire scene, you know? Yeah. Like, no, I think it's important just to get it out there and that it does exist, one. Yeah. And two, like, just know that, like, there are people and resources available, you know? And that's that's probably the most important thing. And find time to do things like this. Yeah. You know, find, uh, find out what fills your cup. Yeah, that's a good point, man. And, um, get those hobbies, man. Like, Yeah, man. Fire, especially fire, and I'm sure there's a bunch of other professions and, uh, you know, things that take up your time, like like fire. But, like, man, I mean, it is really, like, it's easy to get sucked in and have it be your world. Yes. And it's not it's not really good, you yeah. know, I don't, at least in my opinion, you know, for mental health. You yeah. know, because it ends, you know, like, yeah. or it wears you out. Like you said, a thousand hours and plus, that's a lot of hours we work in, man. In a short period of time, you know. Yeah, and you can't make commitments. You know, it's like yeah. if you're if you're waiting for a phone call, or not necessarily waiting for a phone call, but if you were bound to a phone and a phone call at midnight or two o'clock in the morning, saying, "Hey, you got to start somewhere," and that was my life for a lot of years, you know. Yeah. And um, 
It sucked. It does, you know, man. It wears it's like on you. two o'clock in the morning. You get a call from your FMO like, "Hey, we got to start. Go check it out." It's like it's two o'clock in the morning, man. I'm still gonna be there, you know, in the daylight. So the next yeah. day. But um, but that's no. a good point though, because like now it's urgent. You know, I'm, I even talked to the FMO on the bidder about this last year. Where he's like, "Yeah, I mean, like we'd we'd watch a bus come in at the end of shift, and he like you just like make sure you had it marked on the map and a really good idea of where to get it and best access, and you could sit on. You could like mm-hmm. sit and wait and see like." That one's that one. If it goes anywhere, we're probably good. That one's gonna bump a road maybe. But this one, yeah, we should probably go check it out tomorrow morning. But like you had time. Like now, you you don't have time. That really resonated nicely. Did you see that? Yeah, that was really good. It had a nice ring to it. Yeah, tuning. Try not to do that ever again. Yeah, I I mean, hit the (laughs) heater slash swamp cooler. I don't know. Yeah. I've been I've been in this place like my whole life and I still don't know what this thing is behind me. I think it's just a heater, but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I mean, like you said, man, it's really important, man. Disconnect, you know, like work life. And for, you know, uh, hobbies. What is it? Work, play. Yeah. You know, relationship. You know, it's yeah. it's big and relationships. Like, um, you know, like we don't have to go around this road too much farther because yeah. it's it's not super fun to talk about. But having being able to get help. You know, like yeah. um, I talked to him on the last podcast, but you know, like it hit me hard when I went in the jump world because one of the guys that was backfilling had committed suicide <laughs> in December. You're in the off season, so one of us going through rookie training was back feeling that and man small community of winthrop and twist man like that was felt hard man not you know not on a big scale but that was that was my world at the time in smoke jumping and a lot of people's worlds being related you know friend family loved one whatever man and and his tour uh film awesome tour film was still playing in the jump base man so Mm. yeah that was was a hard felt one i never met the guy you know but it's still like geez man you know it's just brutal you know like happens happens more than it should you know yeah yeah man um yeah just talking to bronson and just with him starting a new job in the west and um the fact that he's been able to take the time off to take care of home base you know super important yeah and i've worked in a few places that don't give two shits part of my french about that it's like man so um yes people man people make the world go around and that's uh if you can't support people then you're you're in it for all the wrong reasons, you know. So yeah, man, and your workforce is gonna go, man. We don't pay enough to keep them, you know. Like before, we the wage was competitive, and it's starting to get back there. But in, you know, it's always gonna be behind, I think, just from my view, and just the the pay grade. I mean, we get yeah. everyone's like, oh, we get paid in sunsets, we get paid in mountains, we get paid in views. Yeah, yeah, and, but divo- and divorces, and divorces. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> like, so. I don't know. No, that's a, that's a, uh, that's an excellent point, man. I mean, it's so hard to keep a family, and like I remember, dude. God, I'm sorry if I said this on the podcast before, but, like, Craig Howells, you know, we know him, great guy. Yeah. Like, my first crew assignment was to Peaberg, and I believe it's called the Whetstone Fire. We hike in. At this point, I haven't had surgery, so my Crohn's disease is ramping up hard. I don't even know what's going on, because yeah. no one knew what Crohn's was back then. I didn't know what it was. I had the damn thing. And yeah. so I'm on, like, crackers and tuna. It's, yeah. like, all like I can, like, stomach without, like, yeah. going to cramps and, like, having it coming out of both ends, you know? So I'm trying to, like... I'm, you know, I'm excited. I want to be on my first crew. We hike in, kind of decently easy fire. Days are getting shorter. You know, like our arch, our H's are going up. Or relative humidity, you know, especially nighttime. You know, so like we're getting some help there and quite a bit of resource available. And the first, I want to say first or second night, man, Craig Howells is around the fire, and I'm just kind of hanging out, man, just relaxing and eating my crackers and tuna. And uh, he's drinking coffee with. Uh, um, uh, other McDonald, not not the Craig McDonald, but Charlie. Charlie, yep. Him and Charlie are just hanging out, just kind of 
you know, talking about life and stuff, and and it gets you know this this quiet pause, man, and like it's like something out of a movie, man. I'm just like sitting there, and I'm I'm not talking, so I'm new guy, fresh, you know, first year, so I'm just kind of like trying to listen, you know, to what they have to say, and and uh, Greg kind of takes a big deep breath, man. He's like, it's my kid's birthday today. I was like, what? Snap. You know, yeah, I was like, it's what, dude? He's like, it's it's my kid's birthday, today, man, and uh, sucks. And I was like, dude, that, and back then, cell phones were real garbage. Like, <laughs> there's no cell phone service <laughs> right. out there. And access to a satellite phone was not a thing either back then, really. Right. So, like, no communication back home. Oh. But there was no one on the forest that could take the crew out. And he knew guys like me going back to school, like, we all needed every bit of overtime that year. That was back yeah. in 2008 or 2007, I can't remember. 2008, I think. He was like, bro, you know, that's brutal, man, you know, but there's no one there to, like, make that okay, you know, like, he just eats that and, right. you know, moves on and, you know, spends more time with his kid, I guess, when he gets home, but, yeah. man, that's a hard, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. I, uh, kind of to backtrack a little bit, you remember, uh, the cactus fire we were on? Yeah, oh yeah, man, that was, like, my first big fire. Yeah, dude, and I have a vivid memory of you laying on the deck of this home that was, like, right at the anchor point, yeah. and you were shit sandwich man like you were hurting bad dude and i was like what is going on like you yeah. have a bad mre or what yeah. that was right when you discovered that you had one in an issue but couldn't yeah. couldn't put your finger on it when it uh came to crohn's or whatever it was you know yeah yeah i and remember you laying back there and your tears are rolling out of your eyes i'm like dude you are not good we got to get you out of here man like yeah dude it like, was rough yeah like those pain it tears. was rough for me i can't <laughs> imagine what kind of pain you were I, in, dude, dude I, I, in, and like you know me being an idiot i'm thinking like oh dude i'm just like letting everybody down like barely made it off the hill like like barely you know like my was cramping so bad and at the time i think i knew i had prednisone but or i knew i had crohn's yeah but i was uh i had prednisone and i had taken my my dose of what i was supposed to take that day it didn't touch it right so like i ate those things down like skittles man like way more than you probably should take right it was still wasn't doing anything man and i'm just like and as i'm going down the hill it's cramping my guts are cramping more and more like a vicious cramp and i'm like can't barely stand up so as soon as I get, like you said, down to that cabin, I just, like, sit down on the deck, or I just lay back on the deck, and like you said, I'm just, like, fighting those cramps, and like like you said, tears are rolling out, and it's not like I'm sad, it's like I'm just, like, that much pain, and then finally, like, prednisone starts kicking in a little bit, and, I, you know, starts relieving, you know, but, yeah, man, that was brutal, man. Yeah, that was rough. It was rough. It was rough for everybody around. It was yeah. like, I'm going to get you out of here, dude. Yeah. Uh, I remember getting, you know, they're feeding us in town. I think Land of Magic was still there. So they're like, yeah. we were going to Land of Magic and I couldn't eat, you know, because I was like still wrecked. And like, they, you know, it was super cool Land of Magic to hook us up like that. I mean, probably getting paid, but, you know, it's still nice. And yeah. everyone's having like steaks or whatever. And I'm just like, I'm going to drink some water. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Got to pass whatever, whatever's going on right now. Yeah, exactly. Let that subside. And I mean, I don't know if you remember, but I mean, I was a stick, you know, like, because I had no idea I couldn't keep food down, you know? So, like, then, you know, I had my surgery and finally got on some decent medication and, you know, came back around and, and gave me some gave me some good motivation because then the next season, man, I was like, I had, like, that guilt of, like, not being able to carry my weight. Yeah. So, next season, I was coming back hard, dude. Like, I, I think I put in, I think I put on, like, I would say 20 pounds at least. Because mm -hmm. I, I think at my biggest, I was 160. And by the end of that summer, I was probably, you know, 140 you know like yeah. i had lost so much weight that season just not be able to eat and just like having everything just like coming out man like shit in my pants and just like <laughs> or if it, you know yeah. if the cramps got real bad I'd, you know i'd be puking so i was like oh man like brutal that's so, not good no so like I, and and i was in college track at the time so i was running track and i was like how am i going to compete you know so yeah 
getting that back under control was 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 big, you know. But it's still it it still kind of haunts me a little bit, you know. Like I got out of smoke jumping, part of the reason, two reasons, you know. Crohn's was, you know, like I started like finally realized like, man, my health is more important than than a job, right? And then also like home life, like you said, man, like. Smoke jumping is awesome, but it can become more than a full-time job because, like, Region 8, you know, which is down south for everybody who doesn't know, down in the southeast, and they don't have the workforce that we do. So in the winter, f- to make money and make extra money, you go down there, you know. Yeah. So it's like kind of fighting fire year-round, you know, potentially. Right. And that was wearing me down, too, you know. And it's hard to say no to, you know, extra money, you know. Yeah, it's great down there. Yeah, it is, it's man. It's good living. Yeah, it's really good living. People are awesome. Good living. Yeah, getting more burning than I had ever done, so. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of a, kind of a down way to start the podcast off, but um, but it's real, I guess you know. Yeah, yeah, it is real, man. But it, yeah, I was just thinking about that this week, you know, and I've, we've only been here for what a couple of days now, but yeah, yeah, it's important. It's important to take time and enjoy it and be with good people, you know, and and uh, navigate ways. Uh, one, like I said before, just take care of home base and and uh, be able to come and do this kind of stuff, you know, and then. Well, it's your time to reciprocate that, you know, with the the other the the other half, you know, yeah. you got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. It's, it's important, man. And I think that's like where our leadership hopefully is going to be a little different. And it's just because I think we grew up in this, you know, so like recognizing like someone's like, hey, I got a wedding. Do it, man. We'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. You know, do it instead of being like, man, you signed up for this. Like, right. you're here. And that's kind of whether it was said or not said in my beginning of my fire career. That's how it felt, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, you kind of felt feel bound to it one and two it's um yeah you're trying to earn your keep too especially when you're young first couple seasons yeah man it's like you're here for a reason and it's now it's just com- exercising communication when it comes down to it you know with your supervisor and yeah. trying to navigate ways to get the support one and two go do it yeah absolutely you know? man and, and like being college kids like we were in in the forest service you know like great college job man like there's not too many jobs that like you can make a pretty good amount of money in a short period of time and they're okay with you leaving three months in you know if like you're you know if you get hired on late say june you know and then you gotta leave by june july august so yeah end of august typically you know so three three ish months you know yep. and i know i was doing construction before because used to be really hard to get home with with anybody you know foresters blm state so uh once i got the opportunity i was like man i don't i don't want to lose this man you right. know i want to i want to stay with this because they, they helped me out you know so yeah. Yeah, but I think it's coming around. So like the leadership thing, I guess what I was getting back to is that us us recognizing it and and growing up in this because it's new, man. This is last, you know, like our careers. You know, like 2011 things were kicking up. 2012 was pretty heavy. I know the fires of 2000 were big, but I was yeah. in high school, so I was, you know didn't really see that. But yeah, oh, it's become a reality. You know, these big fires and stuff, and these campaign fires, and then. In a lot of when you know when you're in like PL four or five for nationally, it's yeah. like everybody's strapped, right? Yeah. And so if you can't get what you need, generally what you do is go indirect. Yeah. Right? And so then it's like, okay, what's our, what's our uh, planning area look like? You know, we talk about big box. I don't want, but it's not a great term. But yeah. what is our confined and contained strategy and where are we going with things? You know. And yeah, that, yeah. That has longevity. It's like yes, this thing will be here until the snow flies and potentially beyond. So. Yeah. Um, was the, like the Wallow Fire, and was that 2011, I think, right? Or 2010, the Wallow Fire from New Mexico to Arizona. Like, that was the first time I ever saw like the big boxing. Yeah, like, big. yeah, because we talked about the big boxing all the time in training, but like, I never had to really see it implemented. And that was right. like, oh, well, this thing is not stopping. Right. Like, we ate way out ahead of it. Like, what communities is this going to affect? What people, you know, like, 
agriculture, people's lives, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, going and cutting fences, like, that's, that's the, that's the rush, man, like, like, the rush of the situation, not the rush, is like, excitement rush, that's like the, the time crunch, of like, right. holy cow, we need to cut fences, we need to get things moving, you know, like, we need to make sure animals can escape, you know, like, yeah. it's definitely different, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, things are changing, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess the point being is just take, take time for yourself, and, and, um, if you have the ability to do that, you know, and I, I know like the shockers are beefing up numbers, which is awesome. Yeah. That's huge. Navigating ways to, um, still be made whole yeah. and then have people, you know, go to weddings, go do whatever, you know, and that's, that's super important. Three days off is yeah. amazing. So, um, positive changes, man, which is good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Really, really important, man. Take that time, you know, enjoy life, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, you only get a few, you know, so many days, I guess, you know, like, um, geez, my, uh, my friend Jonah sent me a picture the other day and it was like Snoopy and, and, uh, Charlie Brown. And it was like, I think it was like, Charlie's like, Oh, Snoopy, you know, you only live once. And he's like, no, Charlie, you live every day, you know? Right. right. And I came around and it was kind of like, you know, get out there and, you know, make every day count kind of deal, you know? And like, yeah. Kind of caught me in the feels. You yeah. Know, my friend Jonah. heartstrings. Yeah, exactly. Especially, you know, my friend Jonah just fight you know, he just beat a, a cancerous tumor and I beat it got removed and he's getting treatment for it and yeah. yeah so like you know that stuff's like man it's tough especially when it happens to someone that's like that you care about that you really like me we played hockey together he's an awesome guy great yeah. boss you know got to so. work with him last year did you yeah towards the tail end he came in as a planning ops on trail yeah and alder he's nails he's great man great guy i heard man. about that and wish the best for him man yeah seemed like a really good dude this is the first time i ever met him but yeah yeah i mean they one of those people man like and there's a lot of them out there man like especially in the in the wildland world man or just just you know in the profession we are i don't know blm dnrc forest service you know the, the yeah. three main ones you know contractors yeah you know like these people you meet man powerful you know like yeah. just similar you know cut from similar cloth you know yeah but yeah so definitely matters cool man yeah, so on a on a fishing trip and <laughs> getting skunked. So <laughs> right. this is our third day of fishing, technically second day of the trip, and uh, yeah, taking time to not catch not catch fish so far. But yeah. I don't know if they can see it on camera, but the boys yeah. are out here just killing it right now. We got Ricky, Cody, and Jerry, and um, Jerry's holding in a couple since the last podcast I did, and now the the rest of the boys are out there giving it uh, giving it their best. Yeah anything they're cooling the boys off yeah yeah exactly because that missouri <laughs> river water is super cold yeah it's it's great dude i am really humbled and thankful that you called me a couple months ago saying hey we had an opportunity to go on the smith you know and yeah and um i uh, had to pivot to this which is just as good man it's super fun super relaxing for me and it's um just good people been eating eating good i see your your brother Caleb, he's gonna roll out there and probably slay some fish right in front of everybody. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> Make everybody feel yeah. bad. Yeah. But uh, you know, thank you, man. It's it's yeah, super man. nice. Dude, it's thank you for coming, man. I, well, yeah. thanks for being the podcast and everything, dude. I appreciate yeah. appreciate you a lot, man. Like that's yeah. why we've been friends for so long. And yeah. Uh, oh, dude, I was gonna t- talk to you about like the foresters being eighteen. You know, you gotta be. That's when you can be in the foresters. And you being in high school and be able to do it. Like yeah, you got like thrown in a world of adults as, as like kind of a young kid yeah you know, like even though you're 18 it's still like you're in high school you know so like yeah it's amazing how much it like matures you and kind of changes your perspective a little bit on stuff you know it feels like to me yeah it's, it was crazy to come back to my senior year and one being in really good shape and then just like i had a couple t-shirts you know because that was yeah. a thing back then i don't buy them anymore but yeah yeah totally. um they're like what'd you do this summer i was like ah, i was 
wild and fire you know they're like what is that i was like you know i don't really know yet but I, <laughs> yeah, i'm still figuring <laughs> all, that apart all out. i know is my my first fire i got a helicoptered into and got dropped off for two weeks and and eight mres you know really? that, oh yeah dude yeah it was that's uh it was actually um right outside of lost trail oh really wow man pretty wild man this is a really cool story it it's, it still resonates with me so we ended up at the um oh shoot we were in lost trail for a little bit but before that we we're on the um um I wish I was in fire, I could tell you, but I can't bump you. Oh, on <laughs> yeah, man, I, I can't remember. Anyway, we flew out of Lost Trail. So we go up yeah. there and uh, get uh, get spiked out, and it was the Black Frog, and it was actually the Trail Creek this the last year. The name of the fire was Black Frog? Black Frog, yeah. God, that is cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Anyway, so we roll in there, and I'm just like, I'm in a helicopter as an 18-year-old punk, you know? Like, yeah. Fly in there. Never been in a helicopter before. Never. Never shit yeah. in my pants. Freaked out. Right. Yeah. And no one, a lot of people don't get to fly in helicopters. So I just want to touch on this. Like when you take off, it is the weirdest feeling. And it's, I don't, I haven't felt it in anything else in my life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like you get like a little bit of zero G, like right off the, when the skids leave the earth, yeah. you know? And it's like, whoa. And then you get this weird floating feeling. And it's like, it's not like a plane at all, you know? Yeah. Until <laughs> so you're like flying and then it kind of feels more like it, but still different. Yeah. It was nuts, man. You know, and the fire wasn't, wasn't, too crazy i mean we had to play frogger with a couple rolling logs and stuff but um yeah that, that gets a little sporty but anyway yeah it's uh that one resonated with me and that was uh my first little taste on just like just a little taste on with like tragedy fires and stuff oh shoot so when we came back we flew back into um lost trail and then kramer happened oh and that then was that year huh it's yeah crazy. i keep thinking kramer was like a lifetime ago man yeah <laughs> yeah and i i won't say any names but my crew boss knew the individuals that had passed oh. away and i just remember coming back to camp not knowing what the heck was going on yeah and dude. then I, I saw his tent his tent was just like ransacked you know and i know this guy personally but i won't say his name but yeah, yeah. and i was just like i'm like what freaking happened dude like dude, um that's a that's a hard intro man yeah yeah, and, and back then I I really didn't understand what that all was and meant or like because I wasn't really educated on tragedy fires or anything like that or what it didn't really impact me. Yeah. Um. And and like and to kind of back that up, man, not to cut you off, but like yeah. when you first get in fire, you have so much information to download. Dude. Like you hear about the tragedy fires and like yeah. you go over trainings and stuff and like now especially now we have anniversaries and probably back then we did too, but like. I was the same way, man. I came out of guard school and you get so much information. I'm just like trying to figure out which end of the plasky to use, you yeah. know, like, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, like you get that, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's heat. That's yeah. crazy, man. That's like super high, you know, like on your fire, first fire, cool name, black frog. It's really cool. Yeah. And then tragedy fire. I mean, that's like, yeah. dude, 180. You yeah. Know? I was just like, I, I came back after that summer and had a, couple different fires i was on but i was just like what what am i getting myself into i like it yeah. i like the challenging aspect of it um the physical aspect of it and the fact that i'm outside was was super cool man and again it was romantics but yeah um yeah you, you fast forward and grow and move around and um yeah I'm, i don't know man looking back i'm, I'm a direct recipient of influence and i i've thought about this in the last couple of months i'm like how in the hell did i get to where i am or why you know it's because yeah. people right um and influence and these people that have impacted me my my next door neighbor who was a district ranger at the time yeah. a good friend of mine gave me an opportunity and was like and i was back in the days like hey it's like you want to come work for the forest service i was like great that sounds awesome outside stuff yeah and then i bring in a resume in paper copy of a resume and yeah. they were like that was back before like anything was digital right and they're yeah. just like 
Like, here you go. Yep. And to fast forward um, to where I am am now and all those experiences in between, yeah. um, I have a, a lot to be thankful for. Yeah, it's super you know. cool, man. Yeah. I guess, like, to tie into, like, that history a little bit is me and Greg met because of fire, but, like, kind of met in the football field and you guys trashed us and pretty much my whole high school career. I don't know if we ever beat you. Maybe in JV game, maybe, like, we might have beat you guys. But, probably like, not. I'm just kidding. Yeah, probably not, dude. You guys, <laughs> you guys are killers, dude. Like, yeah. my... You guys came and crushed my senior night. <laughs> yeah, I remember getting spit on going back in, too. Oh, God. White all the rough crowd. Oh, man, <laughs> yeah, like, dude. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, like, like yeah. you know, that's not nice. But, like, uh, <laughs> you know, other than that, though, man, diehards. Like, yeah, I remember playing some teams, like, when we'd be up, like, you know, like, didn't happen that often. But when we were up on a team, like, their home crowd was like, all right, well, you know, this one's over and they leave. Yeah. But like the Whitehall crowd, man, especially the student section, would be still like going hard. Yeah, it's like we're at a college game, dude. Yeah, we're getting smashed with your JV. It's like we just took down Georgia or something, <laughs> dude. It's just like, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, that's yeah. good. It was, yeah, it's, oh man, that feeling is like no other. You know, Friday night lights, you know, like yeah. Friday night under the lights, and like, look, I scored a touchdown, so I didn't feel so bad that game. But oh yeah, I remember my coach, and I think your guys' coach got mad because I was talking to you know Pat and Bill at the after the game, and just like, ah, you got us, man. Like, yeah. Ugh. And just kind of winding down, and I think my coach kind of got mad, and you guys' coach then got a little mad, but it was like, oh, man, we're old buddies, you know, <laughs> catching up. Yeah, you look at back at that shit, and it's just like, I, I, uh, I really love playing football, man. Yeah. I, I, I remember getting so jacked up before the kickoff, man. I would bonk like on the kickoff, and then yeah. finally I'd come back up, up and out of it. But dude, me too, man. It was like, super fun, man. Yeah. It was kind of a sentimental looking back it's just like oh that was that was good i still yeah. get jacked up you know national anthem i'm like oh our race and dude i'm kind of bouncing back and forth i'm like i miss high school football which it's high school football exactly but, you know it's just like whatever yeah but exactly I'm, I'm but i'm with you love man. It, like, man yeah the, the the memories and the feeling like you don't you don't get those everywhere man like you don't realize when you're in it but like you know like that you know the smell of the grass and you know stinky football you know yeah. like yeah the, the pet band, you know, the pet band was just like butchering some, some music. Yeah, you know? the like, same, the same three songs over and yeah, over sm- again. Little money, money, money. Yeah, smoke on the water is what yep, we always yep. play. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, that's that's good days, man. Yeah, and so kind of knew each other then, you know, and God, you guys were huge on the line then, and then. Um, you know, fast forward a few years later, like I kind of recognized you though, and I was just like coming to hang out with like Lovney and a few guys at the bunkhouse before I got on. You know, all mm-hmm. my friends were working, and then uh, you know, a couple years later, like I, you know, I didn't think I was ever gonna get out of Forest Service. I was kind of pursuing other stuff, and then um, you know, like Bronson and Simons and I think Schmitty, like or Samps or somebody, like kind of was like, hey man, you should you should throw in this year. Like we're you know we've heard about you, and we want to pick you up because I talked to him a bunch my senior year, but you know, no, there wasn't any slots. Yeah. So I ended up on, and then. Um, I didn't live in the bunkhouse the first year, but you were in there, so like I come hang out a bunch after work, and yeah. then yeah, man, we've been, you know, best buds ever since. Yeah. You know, and so it's been co- super cool to see, and loop this back into what you're talking about, like which is career wise, man. Like, oh. you know, we started in the same place. You went to Lincoln, mm-hmm. and then came back to Whitehall on the perm because it's so hard to get a perm then. Yeah, dude. And I'm telling your story, so no, <laughs> by all means, man. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong on that. So no, you're right. Yeah, I went, went to Lincoln, and then we were on a view of Lincoln that one night before it was July. It was super cool. Came up and hung out and hit yeah. the bars. And yes. Yeah, it was a good night, dude. Man, Lincoln's a good time. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, and you come back, and then which was kind of cool because, you, you know, like you were fresh eyes out in the outside world, and I'm still working for the Butte Jeff and yeah. uh, on the district and, like, getting getting antsy. I remember, like, I was getting even a little sour, man. Like, I was just like, man, I, you know, I needed something new. I didn't know it, though. So I was getting, like, kind of sour and 
you know, a chip on my shoulder a little bit. And, and I think you and like, you know, Joe Barron saw it, you know, I remember you guys kind of give me some shit after work one day and it's just like, or during work, you know, we're like last half hours kind of cleaning up and I'm just like, I don't even know why I'm just like, you know, getting, what am I doing here? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of man. Like, ah, God dang it, man. Like, but not knowing that's what it was going on. I was just like yeah. kind of sour. And then like did a bunch of details that year and that really helped out, you know, going to great Northern and stuff. And then, um, then you know, leaving to go jump and yeah, now, now you're in the BLM, you know, like, yeah. man, crazy changes in the old career. Yeah, man. And it goes quick. It does, dude. You know, and, um, yeah, I don't know. Again, the influence, you know, I've had, I've had a lot of really shitty supervisors, but I've had some great ones, you know, and I think the best ones that I've had were ones that, um, one, recognized that um, I was willing to take things on, Yeah, you know, with... But also being fiercely loyal and then, like, saying, hey, man, if you want to cry uncle, you can cry uncle. We'll order up a Type 3 IC, yeah. but I think you can take this. And my phone's on all the time, and Smitty told me that. Yeah. That was on, you know, like, I was fresh, man. When I came back from Lincoln, I had just been signed off on my engine boss. Yeah. And I was an IC5. Yeah. And then I walk into the office, and there's Joe Barron's. So it was me and Joe. We were missing an engine foreman. Yeah. And Joe was an assistant. We didn't have an AFMO at the time. Yeah. And then... We had a pretty lean, pretty lean times. It was the busiest season that I can recall ever for like local IAA. Yeah, for big fires too. You know. Oh, totally. And our ranger was. Remember, we had we were in between rangers. Like we had. uh, um, God, what's her name? She was great for a little bit there. Remember, and then like she was gone. And oh shoot, yeah. Yeah, she was awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, I remember her. (laughs) She was. Yeah, she was funny, man. She's great. I wish I could remember her name, but it's right at the tip of the tongue. Perry or something. Perry. Yeah. Yeah. Perry Sunroom. Perry, what was it? Sun Sunroom. Soon room? Soon room. S-U-N-R-E-M. Yeah, I wonder if she ended up, man. She was awesome. Like, so supportive, dude. Like, she... She kind of, you know, she got what, what what we're doing, and she was, like, funny, you know, come joke with us and stuff. Like, but one of the best rangers I ever had, man. That kind of changed my mind on, like, what, uh, what, you know, what a ranger could be, I guess. You know, because I had no desire, and that was, like, that was the first kind of, like, little spark. I was like, man, that kind of, you know, I want to be like her, you know? Yeah. i smiling because I... Reflecting back on a on a story that I'd like to share, dude, which is really great, and I'll try not to say any names, but I have to drop at least one name. But yeah, so when I came back to Whitehall, like I said earlier, we had a really busy busy season, really thin. Yep, all, yep. all the way through. Local IAs, big IAs, like yeah. my first IA there was the Antelope Fire, yeah. right? Yep. And that thing went at like 800 acres, acres, whatever, and yeah. so. I was an IC5 and trying to do the best I can. I'm I'm just like fumbling through life, right? Yeah, trying to figure it out. So anyway, I ordered ordered up uh, aviation and then I ordered up two shockers and two two Type 2 IA crews. So this is like day two. Uh, Day two is when the pony went off. I remember. I I did that thing. Dude. Yeah, remember like we sent the engine over and like and that that kind of tags on what you're talking about thin wise. Yeah. We didn't have it. I was an engine boss, dude. I was an IC5 yeah. trainee, but we had no one else to run the engine, and yeah. I had enough time to where they they could trust me the engine. So I took one or two other folks, yeah. one person I think maybe. Yeah. Went went and drove to Pony Montana and like stared at this column like, yeah. Well, that's this isn't us, you yeah. know. So I'm trying to one get to like instant stabilization, right? Just yeah. like I don't know what the hell I'm doing right now, but uh, I, all I do know is that when I got support and then. Um, just yeah. ordering what I need, right? Absolutely, man. Huge. So I call back. Well, I call Scooter, and uh, I'm like, "Hey, man, I need two four wheelers. I need you to bring them up." Yeah. Um, you might remember this story. Oh, this is a great. Yep. So anyway, they roll out of Whitehall, and I can look down the lane. Well, I got 
I got uh, Lolo shows up, Lolo shots, yep. and I'm briefing um, Tim. Yeah, LaRoach. Yeah. Yep. And his uh, his two captains, or his two yep. squaddies at the time. Yeah. So I'm like looking down this lane, and I'm briefing these guys, and the fire behind me is going, whatever, no big deal. Yeah. And um, we're just talking. I just see a white truck with a trailer come off the, the highway yep. and hit the dirt. And they're going like 70 miles an hour up this dirt road, dude. And it's just like dust. It's yeah. just rolling, man. And um, they hit the corner of the road, hang a left, and like park. And they all jump out like they're ready to put out some fire. Yeah. Whatever. Like, yeah. They're like unstrapping four wheelers. They're going, it's just one of those high decked uh, trailers. Oh, I remember. <laughs> the, yeah. the green high deck trailer. Yeah. I mean, that thing was like chest high or higher. I mean, yeah. that thing was like probably chest high would be more yeah. normal, but it felt like it was yeah. maybe taller. But yeah. And it was just like, I'm looking over at them as they're doing this at 100 miles an hour i'm just like yeah. you guys need to slow down a little bit then i look over at tim i'm like okay here you know we gotta look out up here and it's just like and then they get the first four-wheeler off fortunately they were wearing ppd yeah. and then the second one personal protective equipment yeah people don't know personal protective equipment yeah. so heads shoulders knees and toes right hard yeah. hat down or not hard hat um but a helmet rather yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking at them and they're you know they're I'm looking at the. I'm looking at Tim and his two squatties. I think Dave was one of them. Um, anyway, I'm somewhere in between you and the situation you're talking about with the engine member. Yes, yeah. dude. And I'm just like I'm looking looking at uh, Tim. I'm looking back at these guys offloading the the ATV. I'm like, okay, first one's down. Check. And then they go to, for the second one, dude. And they get halfway down, and that thing rolls off and piles on top of. I won't say his name. Yeah. Um, uh, someone we used to work with. Yeah, someone we used to work with, and I'm just like. I look over at Tim and I'm like, "Hey man, you got enough info?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm good to go." And I walk over, and I was like, "Dude," I was like, "What the f are you guys doing? Why are you in such a hurry?" And then um, Matt was like, "It was so and so, you know." It was just like, I mean, like dust and all that stuff. This thing was like pretty much on top of him yeah, at that yeah, point in yeah. time, man. But um, I just anyway, I'm yeah. babbling, but it's just these little like. No visions that I've had uh, and, and memories in the past. I'm just like, how in the hell do we even like <laughs> survive oh, some of these things? Yeah, too? <laughs> absolutely, man. And you like, know? yeah, the you know the kid who got who got the four wheeler on top of him, like, luckily was all right. Yeah. And like, uh, was able to kind of push it off. I mean, I I came because I was like, I think I was tying in with you because I was the IA resource, but like I was yeah. coming to get you because I was also helping with uh, coordinating um, just stuff from the cash, like yeah. water, Gatorade, whatever. I'm yeah. not just been. I don't know if I was with the engine, but either way, so I was there. Yeah. But I was like halfway in between, like <laughs> going over there and be like, "Hey, uh, you guys got this?" Yeah. But I was also like you said, I was like, "Oh, yeah. all right, they got that one off." Just piled up, dude. It's like yeah. how in the hell? I mean, like, and that happens all the time. All all that kind of stuff, man. People get yeah. hit by logs and rocks and trees and shit. But super. super Super thin ramps and just not taking a quick pause, yeah. you know. And they like this is not urgent, guys. Exactly, and that person's <laughs> done it, you know, a million times and just got like a little too excited. And it wasn't that it wasn't like I said, it wasn't that close to the ground, like unfortunately. Yeah. So, but yeah. it's still like, oh man, you're making us look bad. Oh <laughs> yeah, kind of deal. yeah, you know, like, yeah. And Tim and the crew didn't even see any of it. I'm just like, oh Jesus Christ. Man. I know that's like, what. Like yeah, after I made sure he was okay, and I was pretty sure he was okay, you know, cause knowing the fella. And uh, yeah. but I was like. Like that was like yeah. one of my first thoughts. Like, oh god, man, like, yeah. we're, we're already like having a hard time keeping together. Yeah, this. Like, yeah. I don't even know what I'm doing right now, but um, yeah, so, yeah, same. Yeah, a lot of crazy experiences, dude. And um, again, it goes back to just just people, you know. That's that's the that's the the nugget, if you will. Yeah. Take away from 
um, working with good people, yep. you know, and that's the ones that uh, are not good people. They generally don't make it. So absolutely, man. And then, then taking that situation and be able to go back as an AAR later. And I think you handled that great because it's like you didn't do it in front of the whole team as an AAR. You like got the just the Whitehall folks out there and just like. Listen, guys, I get it. You know, like, we hadn't had a lot of experience with big fires, especially on the district, on the forest, you know, and, like, we got three at that point, remember? Because, like, the other one up by the Madison, you know, took off too, remember? Yeah, it was, like, uh, antelope one day, the next day was pony, and then the bear trap. Bear trap, that's what it was, yeah. yeah. So, like, I mean, it was, like, a heightened feeling of, like, man, we're, we're getting we're getting our ass kicked, we're getting put to us. And, you know, really wasn't like that. It was just, like, these fires are going big, let's just figure out what we're going to do. Like you said, kind of big box and... Figure out where we can plug in because, like, one engine's not going to do anything on a big fire like that. No. And, but everyone, no. you know, everyone's got that mindset, like, oh, we st- you know, we can still go out and, and do some good work, which you can, but, like, yeah. you know, not on all of them. And uh, so having that, like, sit down at the end of the day, like, all right, guys, like, we need to slow down, think of what you're doing, yeah. you know, like. And we're just kids, man. You know what it comes yeah. down to? Just That's kids. true. We were all of us, man. Just, just kids. I mean, we were hanging out at the pool that day. Yeah, we were. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, just enjoying the day. Yeah. Like, oh man, the sirens are going off in town quite a bit here. And yeah. Get a phone call, but yeah, just kids, you know. And I, I look back on that that situation, and had I not had a supervisor that we did yeah. have, um, which I have a lot of respect for. Um, Same, and that could have been some damage for me. Yeah. You know, like if that was a bad supervisor, like yeah, all that kind of chaos going on and like yeah. stress, like little, but it was it was a lot for like a kid, like you said, like us, you know, coming up, and it's yeah. like if we had someone that would have handled that bad and not like as good as our supervisors did, like as in like. Yeah, man, you guys are learning. Get it, you know. You guys are doing it and giving it like a, yeah. a hands-off approach, man, and yeah. just being there to support, man. Like, yeah, I wouldn't be. I I could probably wouldn't be the leader I am today, and you know the, you know, just person, you know, on all levels, really. Yeah, yeah, and you got to keep your world small. You know, that's one thing I I learned from that. Just keep it simple, keep it small, and um, not overthink things. You know, and if you need help, get help. Then that's you know, yeah. because we try to do so much. With so little, um, but yeah, man, order what you need, and then um, and go and go from there. So, but it you have to go through those stumbling blocks, you know, like you got to yeah. fumble through life a little bit, but um, growing pains, growing pains, yeah. But you have to have support, yep. you know, and that's that's the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, being able to, to talk, you know, like there's you know the, a little bit of the military, old military, like that wasn't kind of lingering around the Forest Service. Oh, we just lost her. Oh, it looks like it might still be going. Um, that was a little more strict on that. Like not as in like here to help, but more as in like, this is my expectations. I need you to get it done. Yeah. And like, no questions, do it. And like, you're like, oh, okay. You yeah. know, like well, it was, it was pretty rare when, when I came, was coming up, but it was still there. So yeah. like, it was still like in the back of your brain always. Like if something happened, you're like, oh no. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think a lot of it was fear-based too. You mm-hmm. know, I think a lot of the, the teaching is like, you shall do X because I say so. It's like, now it's like, it's way more open. Um, which is, is which is important. It's yeah. like it's okay, you know. Like you can take your ego and throw it aside. Like I'm gonna ask you some questions. Like why here? Why now? You know yeah. why are we doing this? Yeah. And um, man, if you don't get that from somebody that's giving you a direction to say, hey, man. Um, so I think we've gotten better. Yeah. You know, there's still so. a lot of people out there that are just like we're doing this and this is how it is. You yeah. Know, just like, yeah. Well, f off. But yeah. asses and elbows. Yeah. 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 And there has to be some. There are times for that. You know. Yeah. Um, but I think delivery is extremely important too. Yeah, so, man. But oh, that thing might have died. Let me check this thing out real quick. Camera oh, went to you. Alrighty. Should back live again. Let me sync this sucker. Alrighty. Back with Greg Shank. Take a little break. The clap. The clap. <laughs> <laughs> the GoPro keeps getting overheated on us. Yeah. So it's not even that hot in here, Dad. No, that's what's 
bugging me. Yeah. I don't know. I have to upgrade the equipment, I guess. GoPro Hero 4. It's been good, though. Yeah. So good, dude. A lot of good footage here. And, man, the sauna is rolling. I can smell it. Beautiful. We're going to hit that up tonight. Yeah, totally. That's, uh, that's been a huge game changer, man. Like, I'm currently in the process of buying a place, and I do want to put some sort of sauna in there. And it might be external, but outside the house. But yeah, yeah. that's got to be a thing, dude, because that is like – I haven't been in one in – Oh shoot! More than like fifteen years, probably. Really? Jeez, man. Yeah, dude, it's legit. Yeah, dude, I'm super happy to have one. I mean, when I, lucky enough, I found one right before I had my last surgery for that uh, pheochromocytoma, mouthful. Yeah, dude. And uh, like, I just kind of knew going in, and I've always wanted one. We grew up, you know, using this one, and you know, using the one in the gym. Yeah. So I always kind of wanted one. I knew they're really good for health, for you know, mental health, all the good stuff, and. Yeah. So, and I knew the recovery is going to be a little while going through my, my muscles in my back and I knew I won't be able to do anything. So I was like, at least I can sit in the sauna, yeah. get my heart rate, pu- heart rate up and, you know, stay healthy that way and, and just keep my brain in it, you know, a little bit. Cause man, I got a surgery in, I don't remember, October or something. Yeah. And yeah, I think October, I don't know, yeah. Some, sometime like in the, you know, more the dreary days. So yeah. it's nice to have that. Do you buy like a package deal or like... The, the, essentially a kit to yep. where you just like have a space for it and then yeah i got set super, it up. super lucky you got our unfinished basement and it had fit like right between the wall and the bathroom like this space and um and i would just hunting i've been hunting craigslist for like a year and then so finally i had found one uh that fit the price range and i just happened to call this guy who's down in idaho city and i wish i knew the guy's name super nice guy man and i just happened to be the first one to call him and, and he got a bunch of hits on it and it was a uh, when I found out it was like an almost heaven, I think is the brand, and is you can buy them through Costco. And mm-hmm. this one was bought through Costco. I mean, it had like a folder of all the receipts, and and then all the all the uh, uh, health benefits coming from like peer reviewed articles from Mayo Clinic and a few other like uh, top named uh, hospitals and like research facilities on like how awesome saunas are for uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, all those kind of aging diseases that you know affect all of us, you know, yeah. family members, you know. So yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah, it's like, like the icing on the cake for the trip too. You yeah. know, talking about doing things that you love, you know, and, and taking time, like to have a, a sauna that you can get that thing ripping hot, go in there and sweat it out, yeah. and then jump in the Missouri. Oh man! And then like just to be able to look out across and be like, "Holy shit, where are we, dude? Like this is nuts, man. Yeah. It's super, super great, man. Great location." Which is, which is great to hear because like you know like the after the trip dried up on us, I was like, man, I like I know. To me, this place is great because I grew up here, you know, so I was right. like, I need to, you know, I wanted to make sure I was selling it to you guys, but not yeah. overselling it. And then yeah. also like how I'm like, I, I can't put into words like what this place is, yeah. you know, so yeah. like the sauna, the river, you know, the mountains, like yeah. insane. And then, you know, going out to my uncle's on Holter, maybe tonight, tonight or tomorrow. I mean, that's going to be another just aspect of awesome trip, you know, yeah. not the Smith, but yeah, yeah, still pretty cool. Yeah, man. I mean, just being able to pivot and have a contingency, dude, was like it's either that or we're going back to work i mean yeah <laughs> yeah, a, yeah exactly good option. already had time and you know carved out yeah so. and the staycations at least for me don't work you know if i'm, if I'm in a staycation i'm like well you know i could always start plugging away in the basement you know oh, or yeah. like whatever works exactly yeah, yeah like lawn always needs a little extra you know a little extra yeah. tlc all the landscaping really you yeah. know so it's like like yeah. getting away from it and you know, like it's, you know, this is actually a way, you know, versus like staycation stuff that doesn't work for yeah. me, you know? No, it's good, man. Just humbled to be here and, and, uh, it's been just a good reprieve from all of it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So pumped to have you. So, so pumped to hopefully this is like the, you know, first seed to a many awesome trips down the road, you know? Yeah, dude. 
Yeah, I'm I'm down. You set the date. I'll try to make it. Yeah, totally, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna set it early, you know, and just like yeah. tentative time, and you know, put in for the Smith every year, and yep. hopefully land that one of these times. And I figure, you know, like if nothing else, you know, especially like this time of year when things are drying up, like we'll always have this for a fallback. And yeah, because you know the Missouri is fished a lot, and it's a bit such it's pretty big water, you know, like especially for us, you know, like yeah. at least you know in Montana it feels like yeah, and being able to you know, get on the hatches, find the holes, you know, and be able to like be successful in this river. It's, it's a big deal, you know, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Not easy. Not easy not fishing. I mean, when you come to fresh water or just not fresh water, but when you come to a new place that I haven't fished before, you know, like yeah. I, I can go to the Madison, the Jeff and catch fish all day. Yeah. I, not all day, but you know what to use, right? Yeah. You do pretty well. Yeah. And you yeah. come over here, you know, it's timing's everything. And then, you know, you're relying on the outfitters and, and the, uh, the shops be like, Hey, this is what's, what's working. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man. Like, I, uh, we saw one person today and we, we saw a lot of boats. We saw one person hooked up. That's true. I think I saw two. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of tells the story, but that's true. It makes you feel better about the day. Yeah. You know? It's and like, it, I haven't caught a fish yet and I'm usually catching a few at least. Yeah. Or at least, yeah. Or at least, look. yeah. At least getting some bites, you know, yeah. like I, yeah, I had nothing, man. I didn't even look. And then yeah, shout out to Grizzly Hackle, man. Those guys are so awesome, man. I talked to Rick over there, and he, him and the fellow set me up, and, uh, you know, set me and the fellows up, you know, with some, some trichos and some nymphs, and, yeah. uh, you know, gave us kind of what, what's what's good on the river, you know, this time of year, and, and a few tips, even on, like, how to fish and how to, how to do our setup, you know, because we, you know, we're amateurs, so, like, oh, yeah. we're, we're trying to figure Amateur stuff out. best. Yeah. Well, you got, you got me. me beat, man. Like, I'm, you know, like. Oh, shoot, man. I'm. Like a pro compared to me. Yeah, I don't know. It's, um. I've been fishing for, uh, I grew up doing it, but, like, I'm not, like, some of these guys, you know, like your brother. I mean, shit, that's what he lives and breathes, it seems like, so. Yeah, he's been putting some work, man. He's fished the mo quite a bit and uh, and the Bitterroot and yeah, wherever he goes. Take some nuggets out of what he's doing, you know, and yeah. he's been super open to being like, yeah, try this, try that, you know, so that's all you can do. Yeah, totally, man, and, so. yeah, and that's what me and uh, Strauss, Glenn Strauss, were just talking about on the podcast, like, you know, like, being able to go out and like, you know, put that ego to bed and be like, Hey man, I don't know anything. Help yeah. me out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretending out here. But yeah. I'm just going to need a little, yeah, exactly. little tip, you know? Yeah, it's like st- staying on the raft trying to do some like epic river run through it casting. And yeah. <laughs> you know, that's about the highlight yeah, of my I mean, day. I tried a setup today that normally will catch fish on most rivers in Montana. And yeah. I fished that for like three hours, dude. And I didn't even have a bite. And it's tough right now. Cause it's a lot of lettuce or salad, if you will. That's yeah, a little, little cabbage. Yeah, a lot of cabbage out there. <laughs> yeah. And so you're snagging up basically on every cast, but yeah, um, makes it super. Especially nymphing, you know. Yeah, dude. And was it uh, two droppers, one rod, or something? Was the yeah. was the setup? Two droppers, one rod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> set up for the day. Yeah, we good. Th- thought it was gonna be good. We gave her hell. Yeah. But um, we got a couple more days left, so yeah, which we'll, is good. We'll pull it together, and uh, you know that first stretch that we did, you know, coming down from Craig, like. That was that was some good action, you know, yeah. and it didn't seem like as as weedy, you know, as much lettuce on that on that first stretch at least, you know. And I agree. So hopefully get back in that way and then get out to Holter and do some lake fishing. Hopefully get some perch and some walleye and even some lake trout maybe, you know. Which is I I think I think I fished for perch like once and it was in a local pond close to Whitehall, but outside of that, dude, I have done very little little fishing on on a lake. Yeah, which yeah, would be well, super fun. Yeah, it'd be a good nice change of pace, man, and like. You know, where my uncle's place is, those docks, like, the school just seems to hug that shoreline. And, like, I don't know, man, it seems like every half hour is a, a new school getting chased by, like, whatever, you know, yeah. set us in the area. And gets to relax, and, you know, especially those perch being, like, such prey fish. 
you know, whatever, like a walleye or big lake trout, lake trout or whatever chases them out of there. And then usually get in the school of walleye that might be behind them, you know, yeah. so you catch a few of those and then things die off for a bit. And yeah, it's, it's really fun, man. And just kind of a, a different, you know, aspect of fishing that we can get into on this trip, which a lot of people don't ever have, you know, it's like you, you fish in the river, you fly fishing and that's usually your, the game plan for your trip. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good having the, uh, just di- something different, you know? Yeah. You know, we can go fly fishing, we can go do this, we can do that, and so, or we can just chill, and that's that's totally cool too, man. Yeah, the chilling part too, it's and that's good. that's kind of nice about this. It's like the bite's not on all day, you know. Oh, what's going on with me? I'm like getting crowded in here by this host. Uh. It's probably just me, you know, <laughs> as normal. <laughs> uh, but uh. yeah, like you know, you get up early, hit the bite, you know, and like yeah. fish for you know, like what, we're getting like four hour stretches or so, so you know, get out, have some lunch, go back to base camp, you know, my grandma's there, and then yeah, settle in, and you know we. We did podcasting today, so that was kind of cool. But you know, on other days, it's like take a take a little siesta. Yeah, dude. Which feels like that's maybe what we lost Glenn to. I'm not sure. It probably. No, yeah, I don't blame him. He put in a good what hour and fit fitting. Yeah, he put in a good podcast, man. Some good yeah. stories and stuff too. And you know, we left a little bit on the table. So you know, the next podcast we'll fill in fill in a little bit more, especially about the brewing and stuff. And yeah, just just some really good hunting stories, you know. Yeah, I was eavesdropping a little bit. He he yeah. can deliver a pretty good pretty good damn good story man yeah oh yeah That's man good. yeah that that line man don't let the truth ruin a good story it's so good man. yeah like i was just talking about trying to you know spruce up one of my stories i mean it's pretty good but yeah i don't remember what the story was but i was like yeah let's add something to that yeah well, he's done a lot man and it's fun to listen to him you know i take a lot from him just all kinds of stuff dude yeah man he's, yeah like being a little bit older than us you know and the life experience he's had is different than ours and yeah you know, like to loop that back to the forest service that's you know like the cool thing that i miss about being on like cruise or something like when they used to be like a throw together crew like you might be going with folks that you've never even met before and you're yeah. just like kind of you know first kind of feeling each other out and like usually by like yeah you know day two or three you know like you're working together and getting to know each other and yeah. you know someone gives you a little shit for something you're like oh yeah. uh, you know like yeah but, like, in a good way, you're like, oh, all right, you know, something funny. Yeah, that was always hard, man. Um, and I think what made a good Type 2 IA crew, which not all of them are created equal, but I, I do think it's a leadership thing, you know, and trying to accelerate that time in which you can operate at a high level. Um, I've had some really good, really good crews um, as a crew boss or even as a, squ- as a squad boss, dude. And, yeah. and it comes at, like we talked about earlier, man, it just comes down to people and just trying to navigate conversations and uh trying to bring the best out of people and um not everybody i'm not i'm not saying i'm good at it but i just i've recognized that that's a thing and it needs to happen early and just pulling out the best in folks yeah totally. um, well i think you're, i think you're pretty good at it man because that's i mean that's like a big chunk of the battle you know it's like yeah. being able to have that mindset to be like all right here's what i got you know yeah. here's what i don't have but we can do it you know we, yeah. can, we can make this work and that's a handy piece of information man and once you navigate those conversations you just start relationship building um being able to recognize what you can and cannot do and that is that's extremely important because there's a lot of folks like try to push the envelope or maybe a little too passive with what they can do yeah um it yeah. can get you in some funky it can either be mopping up or burning out it's like i mean it's like <laughs> yeah, exactly. what it comes down to and depending yeah. you know yeah, depending. situation's different but yeah totally depending <laughs> on who you're working with you know like and if things resources are thin and your type 2ia crew that can that can handle a a good workload and has a good work ethic and, and knowledge, you yeah. know, like you had a pretty heavy crew, like with experience, like yeah. you said, you could be burning out yeah. or if you get a little bit more of a new crew and you're not showing as showing like you're as capable, you know, like you might yeah. be mopping up a little bit, which, you know, lessons learned there, you know, like you yeah. do a lot of, a lot of, uh, training, you know, for newer folks, you know, that don't have the experience, you know, yeah. just mopping up and 
Like I remember you did that for me on the fire out in in uh, the big hole, you know, and wisdom. It's kind of in between, I guess, wisdom and wise. But uh, you know, like just talking about you know what was going on, why we're doing what we're doing, you know, like especially mop up stuff could be boring, and a lot of times people don't explain like what's going on. It's like, oh, there's a stump hole, I'm gonna pour some water into it until it stops, you know, hissing at me, right. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, and when you think about fire, like something so big can happen that it's like it's created by something so small. Yeah. And so like trying to wrap people's heads around the fact that we're putting up putting out these small things that still could create big things yeah. down the road and that's why mop up so important. Yeah. Um we fucking hate it, dude. I mean it's <laughs> yeah. it's it, but it's part of the job. It and is. it's like ninety ninety percent of the work we do. Yeah. And uh it's important. Yeah, and you can have fun with it, you know, like um get to know each other a little bit better, you know, so things a little quieter, you know, like you bump in, you know, like you know, gritting or whatever, you know, like bumping down the down the line, you know, yeah. like in uh, you know, like people do the push-ups for the smokes, you know, like yeah. how many, how many smokes, you know, that, yeah. that are left over, you know, like that's, that's great, you know, great bonding, you know, and yeah. give each other a hard time, you know, like how did you miss that? But yeah. just, just how it goes, man. Like they pop up all the time, you know, people can do an awesome job and someone's just kind of sitting dormant and finally call it a little, a little more fuel and start puffing a little bit, you know? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That's all part of the job, man. And, um, it's important, you know, and that's what we get hired to do, you know? And honestly, if you get, if you make it through a grid, like a successful grid without like choking people out, you're doing pretty good. Cause that's oh like out of all the stuff that we do, which I mean, there's a whole slew of things, but yeah, man, you can make it through a grid. Um, especially with like a, a new type two IA crew trying to explain, like if they haven't oh. been taught at home how to do it or have gone through the motions and you're trying to be like, okay, this is how we're going to do this. You can see some, especially like day 14, man. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. I've oh. seen some like almost borderline fist fights yeah, you yeah. know so I mean, people start like sending the message on the line you know like it's something simple as moving you yeah. know like you know everyone's person's supposed to say moving you know so you move and yeah. off your off the person to your left or right or wherever the grid's going yeah <laughs> someone is like just not you know helping out people are just like you yep. know like the eyes come out like oh yeah. it's like we have to do this yeah. all right we have to do it right yep yeah uh, yeah, that can that can break people. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's good. It's you know, it's good good training, good exercise, man, and good thorough. You know, like especially if you're like grid in the green, like that could get real, real boring. But if you're in some spotty stuff, you know, like Cottonwood likes to spot, you know, like and yep. you were fighting that stuff, you really gotta make sure that all your all your green's covered. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh yeah, we were on a fire last year. it was on a different division than I was on, but um they had a crew gridding like for like seven days straight. Ooh. Which is like constant spots in the green, just like constant constant they'd catch one it was just super adverse where the division was at yeah um i guess if you're getting spots though it probably helps keep you like vigilant you know yeah. like all right, I gotta, yeah. gotta be in my game here yeah kicking out grizzly bears oh the whole time dude oh yeah there's like a sow and two cubs in there they were just living <sighs> sporty living in there you know yeah. running aviation doing all the stuff just i mean there's a couple hundred people in that that area but um yeah man it's it's just all part of it dude yeah yeah nobody likes to do it but it's it's pretty essential yeah absolutely man yeah it's yeah, it could, it could really save your bacon, you yeah. know, like find those spots because, like, you could have something that's like, you know, in some green looking fuel that you're like, yeah, what are we doing this for? And also, you find it, man. It's like, yeah. you know, nestled between like two bushes. And you're like, oh, you just yeah. start to like creep along the ground. You can yeah. see with the fingers, you know, like a lot of times, too, and like that duffer and the, you know, like whatever kind of ground litter you have. And you can see like the fingers starting to go out. And you're like, yeah, I can see where that could go. Yeah. You know, yeah. a little more wind on this sucker. There's my heat. bitch. Yeah, there's my bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. Yeah, yeah dude. Uh, yeah, man. Cool, dude. Yeah. Um, I guess back to the trip, I guess, you know. I've got a few more days out here, a few more things to try on the fishing world. And, um, 
Yeah, I feel like there's something else I was going to ask you about. Fuel-related, maybe? I don't know. I think we're in a pretty good spot here. We're in a good spot. Yeah. Best spot, dude. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, the fresh air, getting away, being able to unplug, important. Um, and then just uh, doing what you enjoy, you know? Like, I think that's important, man. And yeah. And then, you know, for anyone else who might be in the wildland world, just kind of taking care of people, recognizing when people are getting a little strung out, you know? Yeah. Super important. Yeah. Take time for yourself, man. And uh, I sound like a huge hypocrite saying that because, I, like, like I said earlier, um, yeah, I meant to. I meant to come back on that. Did you have a thousand plus last year for the season? Hey, it was knocking on thirteen hundred. Yeah. yeah, and that's not like I said earlier, not a, a flex by any means. It's just no. like I was chasing it, but people were asking for help, and and um, I got a lot of experience out of it. I, mean, I, I think I did like four division division assignments on it. Yeah, on there, and uh, got to work with some phenomenal people, and that was it was close to home, which yeah. I would prefer that. You know, like it was busy on the Beaver Red Deer Lodge, and um, we had a lot a lot of local teams on those fires and uh i was like i'm I'm gonna pounce man yeah there was a one fire i was on sleeping in my parents my parents place you know and then i was also sleeping in my own house you know so it was convenient you know and like i said we were we were busy man but i was working with some of my best friends so yeah it made it really easy yeah that's huge man like that that, that's like as much as you don't really want fire in your backyard it's like it makes it life a lot easier like be able to go home and reset you know especially in the evenings like you know, like w- back to 2000, whatever that was with the antelope fire and pony fire. 2011? Yeah. Oh, boy. 12. I don't know. 11 or 12. I think it was yeah. 11. I think, yeah, I think you're right. And being able to have, you know, that, like even just like coming home to the bunkhouse to reset, you know, and, and uh, it, man, it makes a big difference in being on the road and not sleeping <laughs> in the dirt, you know, and like at camp where the generators are going off and people are driving at all hours of the night and coughing yeah. hacking slamming slamming uh uh porta potty doors yeah oh man people just dude Ignor- ignorant but yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh it's nice to be in a my current job to be able to be flexible with what i want to do if i don't want to go on assignment i don't have to Huge. you know i'm not answering phone calls you know i'm i am loosely attached to a team but i'm not um i'm not primary so it's like if they need help great you know they try to roster and get everything in line when they go up on the boards but um it's nice having that flexibility to do things like this and not have to be committed to being at home, you know, or having to navigate because I'm a one man show at this point in time with in Dylan. So yeah, absolutely. Man. It's nice. Yeah. Beautiful country Dylan, man. Awesome yeah. place. Yeah, dude. So yeah, great place to work and going to that fuel stuff, man. I mean, that seems like the big push, the forest service to go or forest service. Gotta keep, what's a better word for all the agencies? Yeah. The just, I mean, there's a big, there's a big push nationally for nationally. doing fuels reduction, you yeah. know? Um, I think at that 100,000 foot view, looking down is very challenging. Yeah. You know, and money doesn't fix everything, you know, with infrastructure coming down the pike, you know, it's like you can't pump, pump a bunch of money into something if the planning piece is not there. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that a bunch. Even just last, yes. last night, you know. Yeah, dude. Over, over a nice cigar. Yeah. And it's, it's tough, dude. Um, so, yeah. If, if anybody out there is looking to get into fuels, you know, the, and you and I talked about this, if you're, if you're wanting to get into fuels, it's it's a good gig. Um, yeah. But I'd be asking some questions on where you want to go. Uh, yeah. Location is everything. One and two. What uh, what kind of programs are you built? You yeah. know, if you're coming into something fresh, and um, as they as the agencies are starting to create more fuels jobs um, that are new, 
because we used to have a bunch of fuels jobs. They yeah. got rid of them, yeah. and now we're bolstering those numbers back up, right? Yeah. Um, if you're coming into a, a position that uh, doesn't have that planning in place to where you can come in that has, like, NEPA shelf stock ready projects for you to kind of crawl, walk, and then run, um, they may be looking at you as, like, fresh meat. Like, if you're coming into a place that has nothing, yeah, they're going to be looking at you like, okay, we need a planner. It's like you're gonna you're gonna fumble unless yeah. you have the skills to do that you know and um, there's a lot more to it than just walking in there and stabbing sticks stabbing yeah yeah, yeah. so um yeah it's huge and i think we talked about this a lot before too you know like in in the fire side of things at least for me you know i felt like it was more uh reactive you know like it was like yeah. we're doing a little bit of fuels work but we got like you know the fire can be kind of uh like the workforce for the whole district you know like trails or you know range or weeds you know wherever it might be you know mm -hmm. like and and we are you know we're the crew and it's kind of cool like especially when i first started to be able to do all those different uh positions you know and see what every different part of you know like for us the forest service does you yeah. know like departments i guess what the different departments do and um so like but it's you know it wasn't like we were like doing much to prevent fires at that point besides maybe like our thinning and stuff you know and, and prescribed fire wasn't is active at least, you know, when I first got in. So yeah. like seeing more prescribed fire and being a little more active with the thinning and, and doing like now we're doing plots and stuff. So like mm -hmm. getting, being more uh, proactive versus reactive is, is nice right. to see. And, and maybe it's just cause I'm in, get, getting my later years of my career, you know, and like, you know, nothing's changing, it's getting worse. So it's like, yeah. I wanna, I wanna be part of something that kind of turns the tide, you know, like from, yeah crazy big fires to like manageable fires again you know yeah yeah man i mean how do you reverse 120 plus years of smoky bear propaganda right that's what i was gonna say smoky bear <laughs> man oh god i think i touched on this on another podcast yeah. but like it sucks to say it, but yeah he's yeah. been kind of he's it's you know like the smoky bear message is is coming back to haunt us you yeah. know because yeah. you know it was like all fires are bad you know and it's not the tr it's not the case you know right yeah and so we have so much buildup out there and then like y there's a huge public an information component to that that's probably more important than anything else it's like yeah. well, what are we really doing and why and uh, that's probably the, one of the most challenging things out there yeah they get the message out like you know and i feel for a lot of the folks who don't who don't understand or don't know what's going on like you go through a rough fire season you get mm -hmm. i don't know a couple of weeks off you know get some weather change and all of a sudden like yeah. your local agency's up there burning the hillside again yeah. you're like wait i just got done with this man yeah. like why is there's more smoke in the air yeah you know? right i've been sucking particulate matter for the last three months and now you're now you're trying to light you know spring fires and stuff yeah and exactly like why so the information's fire, yeah. key man yep. and it's super challenging i run into my my job right now and i'm not in a really populated area but um yeah, you put you put smoke in the air. People have questions, you yeah. know. Yeah, and totally. So, I mean, I get phone calls on my work phone all the time. On what are you doing? Yeah. Let me see your land use plans. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And then I work a lot with private landowners as well. So yeah, dude. Um, having a common message across the board, and then um, yeah, you're not gonna make everybody happy. I know that. No, that's for you're sure. You're never man. gonna make everybody happy. Yeah, and, and yeah, you know, like all the information, like you know, people, what people think, what what is like. Happening for like ecology, right? Is that the right word? Ecology, in you regards know, to like the health of the forest. You know, like people don't really understand like like yeah. thinning and logging. You know, the that's yeah. ecology, right? The ecology part of that, I guess. Yeah, It'd be like forest yeah. ecology or the forest the, ecology. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the ecology of the or the yeah the ecosystems and how they yeah. came to be one and two. I think one of the big things now is that people can't detach from is the fact that humans are a part of that. Yeah, absolutely, and man. have been for a lot of years. You know, for yeah. 
hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years, right? Yeah. But um, they don't like to see people doing work. You know, there's people that do and there's people that don't. Yeah. yeah. So how do you find that happy medium? Yeah, yeah. So kind of get bridge that gap, you know. Yeah. yeah, it's tough, man. I think, you know, hopefully stuff like this, you know, like us talking, kind of explaining like, well, you know, like good fires, pre- good fires prevent bad fires, you right. know, like, and that's you know, the prescribed fire thing and cleaning up the forest. And right. anyone who's been, you know, from Butte to Helena, can see that lodgepole stand is not looking not looking great. It's not good. Yeah, you know, and getting the message out there that uh, a lot of these fires we cannot go direct on, or we will kill people. Yeah, you know, I think that's a big heavy lift that we've done when I was working in Whitehall is managing those fires in in such a way that we're 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 managing them in such a way that it was you know a confined and contained strategy. Yeah, it wasn't just like going up there hiking in there. You have no LZs, you have no extraction, and then. You know, we're allowing these fires. We're not necessarily allowing them to do that. It's just like we have no other option. Yeah. It's like we have to back off or we will kill people. We need yeah. to get them. We need to be strategic on how we go about these operations, you know. Yeah. And it was hard to get over the hump. Yeah. For that. And now it's like, I mean, that fire last year, the Haystack fire just outside of Boulder, um, we had a lot of buy-in because they'd seen what had been done in the past and uh, done safely. We had zero very minimal injuries or accidents we had zero fatalities thank god oh good man and um that fire was coming out dude and it's coming out to boulder and yeah basically burn that whole front end of it and um it's going to be locked in for a long freaking time so yeah yeah man it's it's challenging um but anyway yeah back to the fuel stuff and we have to be like you said more proactive so yeah absolutely it makes and, and the thing is in the end it makes a healthy forest for all of us i think you know that's the message i think people like hopefully are getting or need to maybe pay attention to or just yeah. here, I guess, you know, like right now that forest by the haystack fire and the one that I, I years ago that, mm-hmm. you know, was type three that King had that got handed down to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't hike through that forest. You can't recreate through that forest. No, man. It's so jack strawed and nasty with all the dead and down. And it's just going to keep getting more dead and down because all that beetle kill mm-hmm. there's not even wildlife's going in there. Like it's a very unhealthy for everybody, you know, mm-hmm. not just humans, like anything that's trying to live in there. Elk can't go through there, you know, and yeah. no animals like squirrels maybe. <laughs> yeah. Know? But nothing's growing in there though. Cause all the, all the dead and down on top of the, um, f- you know, forest floor, yeah, you know? Dude. So yeah, it's not, it needs to be cleaned up and mother nature usually does it. You should do it herself, you know, like back in the day. Yeah. And we've been kind of preventing that for a while. We've so. been doing a really good job preventing that, yeah. you know, and, and now it's, yeah, we're getting a big push, um, nationally to, do more work, you know, keep doing more with less, I guess. But, um, yeah, yeah, a little bit of that. Yeah, I digress. But, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's fun. It's challenging. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, if you're coming into a new place that, uh, is starting from ground zero, I would have questions. Yeah, yeah. And, and just, you know, like most people have heard or, you know, you should hear is that, you know, you're, you're being interviewed, but interview the people who are interviewing you, right? That's, it should go both ways, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you're interested in fuels or fire or any any aspect, you know, on the outside, you know, being out in the in you know your local public lands, uh, you know, you got to figure out what the job is going to be, and if that's a, if that's a good fit, you know, like it happens a lot in the fire world where people are like, that sounds really cool, and then like they get out and like I don't know, salmon breaks for example, and it's just like straight up and down, mm-hmm. you know, and hot, you yeah, know, not shade, there's no trees, really, yeah. you know, like that'll make you know that'll make me change a few minds, you <laughs> oh, know, yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, knowing knowing that, you know, that definitely helps, you know, and yeah. and then like you said, like the, the kind of program you may be interested in or want to build, you know, like in especially in the fuels kind of thing, you know, and and understanding the forest you're working with, like you said, not only the overhead but the actual like 
ecology you know like mm-hmm. what what's the timber stands like in that area you know like yeah you know and, and the moisture and all that stuff you're gonna be dealing with man like it yeah. all definitely comes into play you know yeah and you know fire may not be the tool you know yeah. it, you know we got to be totally. creative on that stuff so we have to have the one the skill set and the knowledge to understand what the, the end state is going to look like yeah and uh, there's a lot of units that i have that are thousand acre units that don't need fire yeah. you know we're trying to we're trying to reduce the conifer encroachment in there and so, um, and there's a lot of units that we slash and burn. There's some units that we just burn. So, yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, you're trying to piece all that together and you gotta, you gotta rely on a lot of people that have a lot more knowledge than, than you do yeah. say, Hey, this is why we're doing this because of whatever, whatever it's like wildlife soils, you know, with the watershed as a whole. So, yeah. um, te- teasing all that stuff out, man, you just gotta build one, build the team and and see what you can do. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think we're pretty beneficial of having those resources in Region 1, you know, like we, Missoula is such a hub, you know, we've got the university, yeah. we've got Fire Lab, you know, at NTDP now, used to be MTDC, yeah. and um, and then, you know, countless other people who are just like on districts that have either been around them for a while or just, you know, like maybe just really into their jobs, you know, like civil culture, soils, like you said, and, and fuels and, and fire and fire ecologists, you know, like we're, you know, we're getting some, some good brains on it, you know, and oh, yeah. And like I said, it's uh, you know, it's it's a tall order, you know. But like I, I think we're I think we're in a good direction. And and uh, anyone who's like thinking about in, in a career in the outdoors, man, for public lands, you know, like it's yeah. we're stewards, right? You know, like yeah. of this public land, and we're trying to make it better for everybody, you know. Yeah. And so I I encourage anybody who's interested. I mean, the pay is not great. It's it's getting better, but yeah, yeah, man. I think there's one thing that we all as humans can't argue, and that is water availability. You know, and yeah. so that's. That's one of my big pitches. It's like we know how much how much water these trees are sucking up. We know how much landscape has changed based on old aerial imagery and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so we're trying to get it back to a state of where it once was. It'll never get there, but yeah. we can always make a dent, you know, yeah. and have a positive impact. And it's not it's not always beautiful. It's not always like the greatest, you know, end state, you know. Yeah. But it does show change, you know, and and um, how we're doing the best we can, you know. Yeah, exactly, man. And yeah, with the with the given knowledge and. You know, like, I don't know, man, I'm not, you know, so uh, vain to think that, like, our generation's the best and that we have all the answers. Like, who knows, man, by the time I retire, like, it could be a whole different beast, man. Like, we could have a different, you know, statement, man, like mission and end statement, man. So end state, right? Mission end state. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Killing it. Killing it. (laughs) Doing great. Words. (laughs) Words. Just saying words. It's words, man. Yeah. Well, dude, I really appreciate it, man. You got anything else? I'm good, dude. This has been great. Dude, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you coming on here. I appreciate you coming on the trip, man. This trip's been awesome. And we're not even, I mean, like, kind of halfway through, I guess, at this point. But, like, a lot of cool stuff. Hopefully more fish to catch because right now I am skunked. I haven't even. Yeah, me too. I had had one fish grab my hopper, you know, pretty much right in front of me and then spit it back out. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so that was uh, pretty awesome to watch. Yeah. Rock and roll, man. Yeah. Thanks for having well, me, dude. Thanks yeah. for the invite. Yeah, thanks for being on here, man. We'll uh, we'll get, get after some fish. Thanks for anybody who turns in. Please subscribe and like if you uh, enjoy the channel. Hit the like button. That's yeah, hit the like button. Yeah, that's, that's what you're supposed to do, I, I hear. And subscribe. <laughs> helps help support me and hopefully keep these things running. It takes zero effort. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thanks, buddy. Thank you.